You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. A quick shout out to our sponsor before we get into today's episode. If you want to test a new design or product idea without spending a fortune on inventory, Printful has more than 250 high quality products that you can customize and add to your store, even if you have no design skills. So make a lasting impression and build your brand with Printful. No order minimums and an amazing support team to help you get started. We use Printful here at Privy and it seriously couldn't be easier. Welcome back. I'm super excited for today's guest, Andrew Goebel. He's one of the co-founders of Jambies. If you haven't seen Jambies yet, you got to stop, head over to jambies.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. Easily the most comfortable clothes I've ever put on. And actually, we have video going right now. Both Andrew and I are, are wearing uh, wearing Jambies. I'm wearing their purple hoodie to show my support, even though you can't see me. So I follow Andrew on Twitter and saw that last week he posted that the team did an all-day video shoot with a production partner. The output, four incredibly creative, funny ads that Jambies can now use however they want. So we'll get into that. Honestly, when I first watched them, I was laughing and they actually look like Super Bowl ad quality. So when I saw the tweet, I wanted to have him come on and share a bit about the thinking behind the ads, how you budget for something like that, the process, and of course, like how you guys will be using them. So Andrew, amazing having you, man. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the kind word, Super Bowl ad, you know, you know yeah. how to flatter a guy. <laughs> well, that was my first question. Are these for the Super Bowl? Yeah, um, we're like a couple million dollars short right now of the budget, but you know, 12 months or whatever it is, you know, right. we got nine Next months, year. Next a lot year. of things could change or maybe they get cheaper, you know, you never know. Awesome. But yeah, take us back. Like, you know, I'm obviously familiar with Jambies, but for anyone who's listening that hasn't seen you guys yet, what, what's the story? Like, you know, how'd you come up with the idea and, and what do you guys sell? Yeah, absolutely. So in 2019, my co-founder, Jack Ambrose, who I'd gone to college with, had been, you know, four or five years since college, mutual friend was like, you got to hear what Jack is up to. And he came to me like right out of the coffee before even the coffee showed up. He was like, I've been dreaming of selling boxes of pockets since I was 10. And that was it. And like the wires in my brain that crossed, like no idea what to think, no idea what's going on. But I was like, okay, I am in. This is an energy that I am already in. And I was like, yeah, I want these. And so from there, we, you know, wasn't a big vision, didn't start as like an investor deck. I think it was pretty simple. Let's both open credit card. Jack had, you know, a little savings, you know, from leaving his last job. And it was like, let's try and get our first product out before that runs out. And so we started in June with the goal of October 1st, 2019. We spent all our time in the factory, didn't care about margins, was trying to get the best material, was actually just trying to make this product that if, you know, nothing went right, we could both have 500 pairs each to wear. Nice. And so we launched on a Shopify theme. I shot, I'm from Kansas. I had four friends in LA, which is where the factory was that were from Kansas. Three of them, you know, ended up as models. One, you know, didn't pass the cut, but that's that's tough life. And so we launched and, you know, the first five days we sold a thousand pairs, no ads, nothing. We both posted our Instagram. We both begged our friends to post their Instagram. And so we saw that, you know, the things we had guessed that this product was interesting, that it had, you know, some appeal were pretty much right. But then when people got it, it, it kind of, you know, floored us. If they bought it for the box of pockets or to support their friends or whatever, they loved it because it was this crazy soft material. And it was this product that like was just built for the home. The fun that they had posting in it and sharing it. I think from there, we saw kind of this bigger vision of, you know, 
making a loungewear brand that's fun, that's built specifically for the home and taking it really seriously and not just, you know, thousands of brands out there doing 50 shades of gray cotton sweatpants made in the same factory. We were like, let's, let's take this really seriously because we think our customers should, you know, I think everyone, this was obviously pre quarantine and pre people spending even more time at home. But I think we saw that people were starting to value their time at home and starting to, you know, want more of it. Uh, you know, kind of the opposite work hard, play hard a generation before us. I think our generation, like the biggest flex you could do is like, posting an Instagram story with a glass of wine at 545, that was like, oh, wow, that's huge. So one of the things that, that stands out to me, like from before we flipped on recording, is that, you know, your vision here or, or the category that you're up against is really to like go head to head in a way with like a, a Lululemon or someone like that. Yeah. You know, I think what, what Lululemon did was create clothes that worked at the office and worked and working out and were super comfortable. And, you know, you bought it for the ath. You wore it for the leisure. I think we see ourselves as kind of, you know, not head to head against them. Obviously, that, that's a battle. I wish upon yeah. no one. But, you know, in this world where people are starting to value this time, you know, maybe we don't need to sell clothes as having function outside of the house. I think people are, you know, willing to have clothes that are just for the house. And, and what that means, I know that sounds a little abstract. It's, you know, there's no zippers. There's no back pockets. We design the clothes for sitting. We designed the clothes for 65 to 75 degrees because that's usually what your house is. You know, all these little things that you might lose when you generalize and try and make it work at yoga and a first date and at home. Hmm. We kind of saw that customers were ready to, you know, invest in that time and that 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 kind of messaging and product development would actually work. Amazing. Yeah, such a good story. I'm a huge fan. And it sounds like, you know, after your your initial launch, you guys had some challenges on on, on what was it weather or, or the factory or yeah so we from there you know we launched these these a thousand in an la factory it couldn't really be a factory with the materials we wanted to use we could use forever so we kind of it's a good sign things worked we went out and raised a little pre-seed round to give us the time to develop a supply chain and product and so we could actually launch and we did all that spent you know three months kind of getting ready and i i think we like flipped on our new website, had new stock, new colors, like the same day New York had quarantined in March of 2020, which was just, you know, crazy on all levels, especially crazy when our understanding of apparel production and inventory was so limited. Facebook was awesome. People were definitely willing to invest in their time, but we only had a thousand pairs to sell. So when those ran out and we went to the factory and said, hey, when can you make more? They were shut down. Mm -hmm. You know, all they could make was masks. So we made some masks that gave us a month. Um, what we really ended up learning kind of over the summer was we weren't going to have product for six months, wow. which just a punch in the gut for a company like us. But I think I wouldn't call it a blessing in disguise. would have been way better if we just had product for all those <laughs> months. <laughs> but the silver lining here is that we got a chance really, you know, when you have nothing to sell, all you have is your existing customers and looking at how they're experiencing the product, what they're writing in the reviews. And, you know, the brand had been kind of shaped, not super intentionally is probably how I'd put it. And so it really... Why were they wearing it? Why did they like doing it? You know, as we started to say things like performance inactive wear and celebrate chilling, everyone wanted to feel good. Like they were putting these clothes on for a reason. So we ended up with getting like very close to our customers and, and getting to refine a lot of the messaging just by sending them emails, which, which ended up great. So from there, we designed three new products from the same micromodal material that we, we developed a t-shirt, which we call the Jam Tee, the house hoodie, which you're wearing right now. 
and the long jambies, which are the jambies, but long. Don't call them sweatpants is what we'll say. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's kind of our journey from there. And from you know October 21st, when those launched on, we've been kind of repositioning ourselves as you know a company that sells boxed pockets to a company that sells super soft clothes built for the five to nine. Yeah. Right. And last, lastly, the other thing I forgot to note is that they're unisex, which has also been great. And to see kind of everyone enjoy boxers and everyone get pockets has, yeah. has also been fun. Good, 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 good. So yeah, so if you like just fast forward, right, you guys now are are starting to hit meaningful scale, which is amazing and, and not surprised. It sounds like the team, like your background, you have a, a bunch of photography and design and, and paid paid ads and same with some of the folks on the team. Like, is that what helped you kind of understand, hey, the sooner that you can develop some high quality ads the better? Yeah. So, you know, in ahead of this ad production, we had kind of done what I think a lot of smart, small direct to consumer companies do, you know, build the brand, refine the messaging, do a fun photo shoot, and then just rearrange and mix match those ads into enough different iterations that you get a sense of, you know, what value props, props matter to what customers, what problem do they think you're solving, what gets them to come to the site, all these types of things. We started out with, you know, kind of a, a scrappy version and a huge advantage for us was that, you know, I was like the art director, copywriter, photographer, all of that to start, which meant if the quality wasn't 100%, the velocity was pretty good and the price was great because my time's worthless. And so we were able to kind of, you know, I was in After Effects. I had this whole thing where I'd spend most of my nights in After Effects listening to this punk pop Spotify playlist that really got me going just making new versions of these ads. Like, do people care about being built for the home? Do they care about the pockets? Do they care about the material? Do they care about the weight of the material? We learned a lot of those answers through kind of these cheaper and quicker ads, which I would definitely recommend. I think if we'd started with this big, you know, kind of brand campaign out of the gate, we would have talked about the wrong things and we would have set them in the wrong ways and we wouldn't actually have an understanding of what our customers think about the product. So we started there. Then I think, you know, this year we rebuilt the website. We, you know, built our email flows. We got the ship, the foundations a little stronger and, you know, got the product all back in stock. And I think what we knew was if we're going to tell people we're like building this new category and we're building these new products and we're investing in making the best stuff, we kind of need something that matches the quality of the products they're used to buying in that space. And so when we look to the activewear and the athleisure brands and see, they aren't just scrapping together different e-com shots with different colors in Photoshop. They're actually telling stories and they're finding a unique point of view that doesn't get lost in the mix. Um, I think we knew that, you know, it's kind of the time to invest in something that said, I know the brand's funny. I know the clothes are lavender and mint, but we actually do take this really seriously and you are really going to like it. That's awesome. And yeah, just like having watched all four and we're going to punch through all four of them because I think it'll be cool to get your take on them. It looks like you probably have some inspiration from some other brands out there from video. Like when you set out to build these videos with your production partner, like what were the examples of inspiration that, that you were using? Yeah. I mean, I think it's almost a trope at this point to like stomp into an agency and say, we need our Dollar Shave Club YouTube ad moment. But I, I think from there, since 2011, 2012, whenever it is, I think I've been drawn to the the companies that make something watchable that doesn't decrease your perception of the brand. I think a funny Super Bowl ad where I don't even know who made it is silly. I think a lot of these things, I think what the Dollar Shave Club ad and 
Dude Whites or Old Spice, like what they do is they tell their brand story. They just say it in a way that you actually watch it. And it's like, that seems like the real challenge. It's not hard to say what we stand for and super soft clothes. Everyone likes that. It's just, you know, you don't want to be on like a soapbox yelling at them because they'll just keep walking. So to like find a way to, to keep them engaged, it seemed like using humor, using kind of an interesting point of view was going to be the style that was going to work for us. Nice. So I just took some notes on the four videos. So just to recap for people, and if you follow me on Twitter, I'll share this the day this episode goes live. But there's the Jambies Labs, right? We take chillin' seriously. There's performance in activewear with a Irish accent. Scottish. Is that Scottish? Okay. Yeah, we'll get there. Yep. Then there's it's Jambies time. Yep. Right. And then there's the guy with the mini guy in his pocket. I don't know how yeah. you would describe we, that. We call him Pocket Man, which is like almost like he's a superhero, but just no no skills. Yeah. Coming together, I'll talk a little generally about how we built this out. I think at the size we were at to take on a big production was we had to make sure that it wasn't going to be a risk, you know, that we weren't taking a flyer. What's beautiful about the Dollar Shave Club ad is they were stepping into a space that already exists and saying they were cheaper. So it made sense that the production was one guy in his factory you know what razors are, you know what dollars are. It wouldn't make sense if that was a super well-produced commercial. For what we were saying, which we were taking a category that isn't taken seriously, super seriously, production was actually going to be the thing that made that contrast work. Make it funny, make it compelling, both those things. So when we reached out to Bacon and Eggs, actually I shouldn't say reach out, Kia from Bacon and Eggs DM'd me like last October and was like, we love this brand. We want to work with you guys. I was like, I don't even have enough money to talk to you right now. Let's talk in six months and see if something's different. But he kept sending ideas to us, kept sending ads that, you know, were in similar categories that worked. And so by the time we talked, it was very clear, we want to maximize our value and make it high quality. We're not trying to, you know, maximize the volume of products and do it as cheaply as possible. We're trying to like do something that, you know, is believable, it's authentic, and, and it's high quality for the customer. And a different type of value. When I think of value, I'm usually like, you know, how many dollars per second? In this case, it was like, let's make sure every dollar we spend goes on the screen. And so what he came back with was this proposal to kind of film all of these things in one day and to use a lot of the pieces that, you know, in the product ad, a lot of the, the B-roll, the shots of people putting their hands in their pockets or whatever would come from the first ad and vice versa. Smart. So he kind of built this smart Lego block construction and as we start to talk, you'll see where it kind of would be funny. The seams kind of fell apart a little the day of. But I, I think overall that he and Jason and Emily, the, the team there, they had worked as paid media buyers in the past. So I think they understood what we needed, the formats from time to, you know, one by one, 16.9, and the structure. And I, I think it was just a value-oriented sign-on, which made, you know, I think when I'm going to Jack, and I have all these big brand aspirations. I think it was important that I was able to talk to Jack about why we were doing it. You know, it wasn't to get favorites on Twitter. It was to advance the business yeah. and get more people to know who we are. I just felt a lot more confident knowing that, you know, this wasn't a like sink or swim operation. We were going to get four commercials with different concepts and different approaches that we were going to learn from and hopefully would be ads that we could run for a year plus. Yeah. So walk us through each ad, like, you know, maybe give us like a minute behind the scenes from the, the co-founder of the business on like each ad and some of the thinking behind it. 
Yeah, so the first kind of the, the flagship ad is called, like, Welcome to the, the Jambies Lab. And the whole concept kind of revolves around what if a loungewear company, Jambies, took performance as seriously as, you know, Nike takes your marathon time. And so I dug through YouTube, every documentary of them making their shoe, you know, there's these 55-year-old scientists with tears in their eyes talking about the extra layer of foam posit. And it's just, it's absurd. And, and I think we, you know, we have employees on the team that have worked at Nike. And I think what is smart is this performance iconography, lifting it over and putting it into what you're doing at home, sitting down, you know, working from home all day is both really funny and true. Like, that's literally what we told them in the meeting was, you know, we want to be a performance inactive wear company. We want these to be the best pants for sitting. And so as that started to develop, there's just so many, that was the structure. This is a mini documentary inside this lab um, where we look at everything you do, you know, from like we have these little cathodes on their head when they're doing a puzzle, all, you know, this kind of ridiculous stuff. But that was the whole thing, this contrast of, you know, soft clothes that are being taken really seriously. I loved it. I mean, I'm, I I think back to like, you know, ads of LeBron James with like all those things like attached to him and the sensors and he's like running, you know, for Gatorade or Nike or whatever. Like that was exactly what came to mind when I was watching this one. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. And that, that's, you know, the tests, it's like, I think we saw like, oh, they always have people on treadmill, super sweaty with a bunch of wires attached to them. It's like, oh, let's put the wires and have them sit down and turn the TV on. And it's great. Yeah. I had, you know, a bucket of 50 ideas that I'd come up with in the last year. And I think having, you know, bacon and eggs, having an idea is super easy and seeing like how it could be developed. And, you know, we had to cast a lot of other ideas because they weren't, they were funny to say, but they weren't really commercials. And I think they were able to shape that and be like, okay, what are the activities? What are actually the wires and what are you actually measuring here? And that was cool just to see it develop and, you know, call the details it takes to make that good. Nice. So what was ad number two? So ad number two, what did you call it? We called it a... Performance inactive wear. Performance inactive wear. So this ad was kind of the one that was going to use all of the parts together. So this was going to be like a straight voiceover ad where we hit all the value props. We told you the problem we're solving and we showed you a bunch of different people doing different things in Jambies. And so this one kind of visually as we started to produce the other shoots and see what we were filming, we'd be like, okay, and then that clip can work here. Okay. And then that clip can work here. And then, okay, on this clip, let's get another shot of him sitting down, but let's take all these wires off because it won't make any sense in this context. So these types of things, same room, I guess we had three rooms to work with. A lot of that came from just how can we use all this stuff in a clever thing to say what a lot of the same structures, a lot of Facebook ads out there, you know, what problem are we solving? How are we solving it? And why should you believe us? And what was like, where did the Scottish accent come from? Well, I'm curious, like what the conversation was, because it had me laughing. I just was curious. Yeah. You know, I think I hate my own voice. So I think the first thing was to point a little bit away from whatever I sound like. But seriously, I think was that we at the beginning of this year, we partnered up with the former director of raw innovations at Lululemon, who's Aaron Jackson, and he's kind of our our overseas apparel partner. And that's where they do the wind tunnel testing and do the, you know, tests on developing new fabrics. And he introduced us to our designer developer, Sharon Henderson and Andrew Coulson, who are both Scottish. And so I talk all the time with Andrew Coulson, goes by Cooley, who lives like in the Isle of Skye, has six sheep, like James Bond Skyfall background. And 
he has this accent when he says the things, when I say them, they sound like overconfident or like, yeah, you sound like every other lounger brand saying super soft lounger. When he says it, I'm laughing out of his palms. I'm like, you're so kind and confident at the same time. Why can't Americans do this? Because we've been selling stuff to people for too long. And so I think it just made sense. And, you know, he doesn't have a mic at his house. And so we found, actually found that guy on Fiverr. We started with like five Scottish guys. Wow. And Fiverr. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Started on Fiverr and I kind of checked through with him. I was like, this is a real Scottish guy, right? Or like, sounds real. At least, you know, not Mike Myers doing shrimp right. in Scottish. Right. Yeah, so that that was that was awesome, and it's fun to watch the comments of people being like, "Oh, I just listened to this because I just like hearing this guy's voice." That yeah, well, like it it like adds another element that kept me watching, you know. Yeah, no, I'm happy to hear it. All right, so what about there's the couple, and then there's the pocket guy. Cool. So the couple call this it's Jamby's time, and this was kind of the one of the first ideas we had pre people being at home was was seeing people who had actual work outfits. They love Jambies the most because when they switched into them at home for this five to nine, it was like what we started to call like the black tie of hanging out at home. Like you couldn't do anything else. So it was really like looking forward to that moment and knowing that like you're saying I am done. You're no longer tempted by a text to go meet a happy hour and kind of mashing that energy and being like, what if this was like as exciting as it should be? A club confetti rains down and music plays, but like I hate being at the club. So like what if <laughs> the thing I actually want to do on a Tuesday night is sit at home, you know, and watch TV. What if we brought out the confetti and the disco ball and all of that? So the structure of the ad is the first 15 seconds. It's them logging off of their Zooms and coming home from work. The next 15 seconds is confetti raining on this couple as they're doing nothing. And I, I think we've had a lot of fun exploring. Like, we're not, you know, they're not throwing a javelin or any of these performance things. They're sitting down. So when it's in slow-mo, it's really funny how little is that. You're like, oh, something's going to happen here. No, it's just a really long shot of, sitting down so funny yeah so the reason i loved this one i it was the most relatable for me like this is my life you know i'm on zoom i shut it down i think like one interesting angle here is the fact that your products are unisex and the fact that you know this is a two people in a relationship both relating to this idea of like the new normal of work and shutting down and then you've arrived at that five to nine time i thought like it was a good way to for one person in the relationship to watch this and be like, oh, this is funny. I should show it to my partner, you know? Yeah. And I, I wonder if that'll start to happen for you in this one. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, you know, it's, it's that, you know, when we first started running as an ad, starting to see people tag an account and you're like, I don't know who that is, but I guess it's someone they spend some time on the couch with. And I think, yeah, that's another challenge for us is being unisex is when you only show one person it's easy for the person watching to think it's only for that type of person. Right. And so a challenge to show, you know, different types of people in Jambies in situations like this, it ends up being great that, you know, from where we run most of these ads, we knew we we're, we're having great success and like parameters fully lifted ads, like 18 to 65 plus no gender like categories or anything. And, and so kind of just making sure every ad worked like that was a kind of fun challenge. That's great. Uh, I really like that one. Awesome. So yeah, fill us in on the, the last one. So the pocket man ad, the first three ads here, we worked with bacon and eggs and Keo's just so good at kind of creating these Lego block elements that as we produce the shoot, we could run through a whole day and get so much stuff. And I came to them with all these ideas. We bounced back. It, it was really this, this awesome partnership. This one was one where I was like reading the script I don't have a ton of experience just reading scripts. I was like 
so confused. And I was like, so it's a little guy. And like, why is he little? Why is he in the pocket? And I, I think he immediately understood how to like get this pocket into the forefront of people's minds without this kind of like silly messaging. Like, you know, we're not saying we invented pockets. That's just the space between two fabric, but like using kind of this guy talking to this other guy to, you know, if, if you look at that ad in the script, it's pretty straightforward. We're telling you the problem we solve. We're telling you how we do it. We're telling you why you should believe us. That was the one where I felt like I was rolling the dice, but I was like, you know, I know how three of these work. If, if this one's a little risky, then so be it. No, it's definitely the most out there, but it's also the one that like kind of had me laughing a little bit, you know, like I'm like, oh, you know, I've seen some of this like stylistic stuff for me. I immediately thought of a little bit of Old Spice and a little bit of Dude Wipes, who I follow closely. But it's so uniquely Jambies, I thought it was really fun. So who knows, maybe that one that you kind of doubted ends up being the top performer. Yeah, that seems inevitable, that whatever I think. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, and it's funny too, where it's like, I think along the way, especially in the Jambies lab, it was trying to make sure that like the joke was both on us that like we have some self-awareness here, but also not on the product or the experience that like this product actually is thoughtfully designed and made from awesome fabrics and all of that. And I think, you know, finding clever ways to say straightforward information is great where I think before working with this team and really, really thinking hard about what a brand ad is, I was like the best brand ads to me are like the ones that end up on best commercial YouTube reels five years later. And which, you know, might be true because they have so much earned media to them. But sometimes you're like, oh, who made that awesome ad? You like don't realize it was Doritos. It like doesn't actually advance the brand. And we're not like one of those brands. So I think we hopefully struck kind of a, a nice balance between, you know, meeting people for the first time and telling them who we are and, and making it fun to watch. Yeah, I think you absolutely nailed it. So what happens now? Like, where do you go from here? Are you starting to put these in paid campaigns? Yeah. So, you know, it was cool thinking about placements in, in strategy in advance. And I think we had been running a lot of Facebook and Instagram ads. So it was easy to kind of work one in there when we started the Jambies lab. And so from there, I think now we're starting to explore YouTube and kind of the point of YouTube is to get in this brand awareness field. You know, there's a reason performance marketers shy away from it because it's really hard to track and it's really easy to like waste money. YouTube is probably the closest thing to like, if you want to show a 30 second ad and say who you are, you can figure out a little bit if it's a success. And once we get a sense of which of these concepts works and for who, I think there are a huge amount of new opportunities where you might not have that data feedback that you typically want to use as a performance marketer, but maybe we can go in a little more blind because we know the ad, we know how people feel about it when they see it. And so I think we're exploring doing Twitch. They have a pre-roll, mid-roll ad format. Hulu has a self-serve. There's a lot of different ways to do kind of like remnant TV or streaming that are totally new to us. But I think in this first month or so, it's nice to like run them on the channels, you know, because that way you, you know, you have something to compare them to. And once we get some confidence, whatever one that may be, which I'll let you know, it'll be fun to kind of see, oh, let's get as many people to see this as possible. It's awesome. Well, good luck with it. I think we'll actually make it easy. So if you're listening right now, just check the notes. I'm going to link out to a thread that Andrew posted on Twitter that shows all of the all the ads, all four of the ads in, in one hit. So you have it all in one spot. And Andrew, thank you for coming on. This was awesome. Such a fan of the product and great to meet you. Oh man, thanks so much. Anytime you want me to come ramble, I will be there. Awesome. See you, everyone.